Hi, I'm Ian Taylor. And I'm Norn Rad. And you're listening to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast. Before we start the episode, we want to remind you that next week is our first birthday and also our 50th episode. We'd like to get as many folk on board for the party as possible. So please, in the coming days, like our page, our tweets, our posts, share with friends and post on forums. We promise you it's going to be a great episode. Until then, back to this week's show. Enjoy collecting, everybody. Norrin, hit the music. Hello, everybody. My name is Ian Taylor, and welcome to the Marvel Card Collectors Podcast, brought to you by the Marvel Cards Fan Collective, an awesome community of card collectors and creators. You can find our two groups on Facebook, details of which are at the end of this podcast, so come check us out. With me is my co-pilot in all things Marvel Cards. If you agree to meet him at the Avengers Cafe for breakfast, he'll MC you there in the morning. It's wow. That was good. That was good. Another good pun. That was great. Yeah, well, that was really... Very ballsy. I think good is subjective. On that. It is. I don't know. Yeah. I found it good. It is good. Thank you. Thank you. You're, you're, you're very. You're very good at, at laughing at my poor puns. It's what a co-host does. If I had a drum, I'd really participate. But <laughs> at this point, we should we should probably have already edited in a drum roll. We should roll. have done this. Yes. One of those. Yeah. I think yeah. I'm gonna have. To. I'll find it. You'll find it. You'll do. <laughs> I'll find it. You'll do. I'll do it. Yeah, you'll manage I'll it. Write myself it. a note right now. Uh, good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are uh, listening to us, and whenever you are listening to us, um, hope you're well. Um, th- so the the reference at the beginning of this um, episode is um, so so our backgrounds and our experience, I guess, would be on the kind of the more the more Marvel card art based sets. I think you'd agree, Norin. Yeah, kind of for where, sure. Where we've come from, and and, yeah. and you, your character pretty much doesn't appear in any MC movies. So, why you got to say it like that? You don't have to say that. Why you got to bring up sore subjects? You know that hurts my feelings. At least when he did appear in a, in a movie, although it wasn't MCU, you had Lawrence Fishburne doing the voice. Yeah, that's okay. That's pretty. I would have preferred. It was cool. It was cool. I prefer Jug Jones. He's a great actor. Pan's Labyrinth. I could. I think he should have. You know. Lawrence Fishburne's great. Just, you know, I don't know. Give it to the actor who's doing the work. I don't know. Yeah, Am I saying something controversial? Not. Probably. No. Well, you know, it was, it was motion capture. It was it was in the noughties. It's different times. Oh, oh, there was some like it was all on screen, baby. There was makeup, plenty of plenty of prosthetic makeups. Actually, I saw some guy selling the uh, headpiece from the movie. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh. A Doug J- Jug that Doug Jones wore. Yeah, yep. it's in the movie props. I'm not kidding. See, I messed all that up. But yeah, it's true. Yeah, Jug, Jug Jones. Jug, Jug, Jug Jones. Yeah. Jug, Jug Jones. Um, That's what I call him. We're close he's friends. He's Star Trek yeah. um, Discovery now. I know. He's, um, Another amazing character's name. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's great. No, yeah. Lawrence Fishburne's amazing. I mean, he's a legend, right? Perfect, perfect voice for a surfer. He has. Um, so Lawrence Fishburne is not on this podcast. However, what? because... No, no, I couldn't book him. I couldn't book him. To be fair, I, I, I think I upgraded us uh, from Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, um, we have a guest with us today who is um, 
basically, we, we don't talk enough about the MCU side of things. Um, and there are a lot of collectors of Marvel cards out there for, for whom it is their passion and their, their focus. Um, we just don't really know many of those collectors. So, so joining us today is uh, a young fella by the name of Brian Bode. Uh, good afternoon, Brian. How are you? Good afternoon. It's a pleasure to be on. How are you guys doing? Doing really Great, well. Brother. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Where, whereabouts are you, are you joining us from today, Brian? I'm in Rochester, New York. Mm. Okay, nice part of the world. Nice part of the yeah. world. Lovely stuff. Um, I um, So a bit, bit of background. So you dropped us a note maybe 10 days ago now, I think, on yeah, the podcast page, ago, yeah. um, and said, you know, um, I think you guys are missing a trick, basically. You're not talking about... Um, an area of cards that I'm really into. And I was like, you know what? You're right. Um, we don't really talk about that, mainly because it's not something that we have a lot of experience in. And we don't really know anyone who who goes in for MCU sets. There was, there was a fellow in the UK who joined the group who was into them, but he, he kind of dropped off um, after a couple of weeks, and I, I haven't seen him posting much um, in the last few months. So, so Brian, you know, thank you for being here and flying that particular flag. Um, tell us, kind of, how you tell us about your relationship with cards first of all, because we had a quick chat beforehand. I think it's really interesting your background and how you've come into yeah. it. Yeah, um, I grew up a baseball person, big time. Uh, what got me into it when I was about ten years old, forty years ago. Uh, was my best friend's older brother, who was about five years older than my best friend, uh, same aged, uh, used to bribe us with baseball cards to go do his paper route so that he was like a, a big star athlete and he would rather listen to The Who, which was his favorite group, and, you know, talk and make out with girls. And we would do the paper route because we were little idiot little kids and he used to bribe us. And my first recollection of cards was like 19... 68 Gus Bell and 1973 Rico Petricelli and John Candelaria and these baseball players, you know, and he would never give us any of the good ones, but, uh, that's kind of what started it. And, uh, from there in the early eighties, uh, Rochester is the triple a team for the Oreos. So I got to see Cal Ripken when he was a red wing and, wow. uh, got a lot of Cal Ripken rookie cards and then there was the debate between who's better him or Mattingly and which cards were better and it was all about acquiring the tops the Fleer the Donruss versions and collecting multiple versions and I didn't care so much about the sets even though I built a lot of sets in the 80s I didn't care about it. it was about collecting the star players and uh you know and then speculating in the late 80s on you know the Dwight Goodens and Daryl Strawberries and Swindells and Tartable and all these players trying to hit a home run trying to hit the next big thing uh I then went into the military and kind of got away I also collected comics um every year for Christmas I'd get an amazing Spider-Man subscription with a little brown wrapper nice um, that's really cool. So I had like every issue of Spider-Man from like 150 to 240, but I sold those when I got when I first got out of the military. Um, slight regret, but we move on. Um, <laughs> when I I was just a collector and was just kind of doing my own thing, and then I was going to be a dad. And one of the things I'd wanted to do, which was is just very traditional. It's it's. <laughs> 
it's the just kind of one of the things you do is I wanted to put together a Mickey Mantle collection for I knew I was going to have a couple kids. I have two boys who are 20 and 17. So I put together a run, took years to do it. But uh, like every Mickey Mantle from 1955 Bowman to 1969 Tops. And I uh, had one put away for each kid. And it took, like I said, years. They're mid-grade, like three, four, five. Um, grading is much more prevalent in sports cards yeah. than non-sports. And there are times where you would buy a card that you think is excellent but then there's a big crease down the middle of it so you would have fights with people this card is not you know excellent so i came i come from a place where grading just takes care of a lot of problems it just there's no debate no discussion this is what they say it is go with it price it accordingly yeah um i I had always wanted to dip my toe into non-sport uh, the X-Files movie, the photograph yes. that came out, the the three nerds or whatever they are, the smoking man, Mitch Pelleggi, and whatever the other one was. And I, uh, my girlfriend who became my wife, we were really into Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But yes, there no, yes. There was no Buffy autograph, so why would you collect Buffy? I mean, Cordelia was hot, and Xander was funny, and Willow was cool, and all these other people. But <laughs> yes, like, why would you collect? Like, it was really annoying that there was no Sarah Michelle Gellar autograph for the longest period of time. So I stayed away from those. But I'd always wanted to dip my toe into it a little bit. Yeah. I showed my oldest kid the mantle collection with this abundance of pride and all that. He couldn't care less. He just (laughs) cared. (laughs) I showed him when he was like seven or eight and he was like, he couldn't have been less interested. And it was kind of a a crusher and it wasn't, it didn't totally satisfy me. I was born in 70 and he stopped playing in 69. Like I never saw Mickey Mantle play. Like I didn't, I wanted to do something that if I'm going to give them something, I want to give them something they like. So one of the things that we were getting into were the Marvel movies. And when Iron Man came out in 2008, my kids were eight and five and they loved, they loved that movie. They totally, you know, and then you go to Walmart and you see the Lego sets and the t-shirts and the lunch boxes and you see the the little rubber boots, you know, and the, the sneakers with lights in them and all that other stuff. Like it's, it's omnipresent. It's everywhere. Yeah. And their little friends were into it. They were into it. And I was like, you know what? Robert Downey's, you know, I like Robert Downey Jr. I always liked the movie Less Than Zero where he played a drug addict, not a stretch. Yeah. But yeah, that's uh, a good one. But, uh, you know, I was like, all right, I'm going to start collecting Robert Downey and Jeff Bridges and, you know, yeah. the dude, you know, and, the dude. and just kind of got into it. Now, obviously, there wasn't as much selection then, but there was also the uh, the X-Men cards, the Hugh Jackmans, the Famke Jansons, the, right. the written asset. Yeah. Some, Alan of the other, some of the other people from the X-Men movie. Yeah. Elsie Grammer, you know, yes. people like that. So, uh, you know, we started slowly on that, but um, we ended up selling the mantles. We ended up, I'm not sure, I, I don't think they've appreciated much. There's a ton of mantles. Um, I had people at the, I used to go to the national card show every year the for baseball and sports. And a lot of vendors were like, yeah, we buy them, we sell them and stuff, but there's a lot of them. 
You know, I mean, a lot of them got thrown out by the moms, but there's still a ton of them. And if you go to table to table, there's thousands of these things. I mean, and unless you buy something that's way more expensive than what I wanted to do um, to get like a real high grade mantle, like I just didn't feel I just didn't feel it. So I was like, I wanted to go in another direction. And the Marvel movies, they stoked me. It was cool. You'd always seen, like, you know, Bill Bixby, Incredible Hulk. You'd always seen, like, yeah, attempts to, to put these characters to life. And now MCU was actually doing it. And it was amazing. And, you know, even the Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield and some of the other stuff that wasn't technically MCU had its good points, had its bad points. But, uh... It was still cooler than a lot of the other stuff. So we just started getting into that and we had cards that had some value and we started buying a lot of Robert Downey Jr.'s and <laughs> we started buying a bunch of the Jackmans and we started buying some of the other stuff and it's just kind of taken off from there. And then my kids are really into it. I'm really into it. And I just 95% of what I do now is the MCU. I mean, there's still a, a Gretzky here or there. There might be a Jordan here or there. But, I mean, for the most part, it's almost all MCU. Wow, that's amazing, man. That's fantastic. And those are like, those are your heavy hitters, right? Especially on the MCU side. Those are the big markers, right? We had a guy in the group who had those autos graded at 10s. I think he's from China or Japan. Yeah, he's... He's, I know that his um, name comes up as the the characters, so right, I don't actually characters. know how to say his name, but yeah, he posts occasionally, and he has. So I think that first, from memory, I think that first Iron Man set was Rittenhouse. 2008 Rittenhouse. Yeah, that's, that's right. It. And then it went over to um, uh, Iron Man 2 was Upper Deck with that's the right. uh, Whiplash autograph. Yes. The John Favreau, the the changing from Terrence Howard to Cheadle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and he had some major autograph hits, and that was the first time because I I only know very little about autographs and their hits, right? I mean, for I think for you know looking at original art cards like Marvel masterpieces and all that stuff, mm-hmm. it's really like red parallels, printing plates, and mm-hmm. you know the sketches. autos for us and sketches really are the main like the one hit per box. So for you guys, what's the one hit per box for you guys? Is it the autograph? The Is that what you're looking for? Come, the autographs don't come one per box. You can get sketches. <sighs> you can get um, for something like Endgame. They have these shadow box cards, which are certainly not a, a plate or a sketch or an autograph oh usually yes. it's every yeah. couple boxes um it seems like in some of the end game stuff you may get like three or four autographs in a case okay okay but uh you might get like one or two really big ones and then you might get a couple um you know lesser characters or whatever upper deck uses to to you know to fill out their autographs list or whatever they yeah, can acquire yeah. wow. sort of thing but uh it, it varies there are some that are really great uh guardians of the galaxy iron man the avengers captain america civil war has a pretty good signing um and then there's some that are not so good like spider-man homecoming other than michael keaton is kind of weak yeah. black panther yeah. was really bad um and some others like Iron, like um, Guardians of the Galaxy Two is kind of mediocre. 
But, I'm surprised uh, they would put out a set without the main hitters on there as autographs because I'm I'm assuming that's the main pool for you guys. Yeah, like Captain Marvel, there is no Brie Larson. Black Panther, there's no Chadwick Boseman. That's crazy, Ant-Man, man. And there's no Paul Rudd. Wow. Paul Rudd hasn't signed. He signed for what? Parks and Rec, whatever that show was he was on. Yeah, yeah. Parks but and he Rec. hasn't signed a Marvel card as of yet. And obviously Scarlett Johansson hasn't signed. Mark Ruffalo hasn't signed. So it, it would be nice to put together a complete like Avengers, the core mm, yeah. Avengers, that sort of thing. But I mean, it seems like, I mean, the train is rolling for what they do have. And a lot of people are really geeked on it. It's interesting. You said that one of your big hitters was from China because probably I've sold a couple things to get even bigger things. Yeah. And, uh, I would say, like, of the last seven autographs I've popped on eBay, five of them have gone to either China or Japan, which wow. shows that there is a, a – it's not just America that's collecting. And if you look at basketball, some of the Michael Jordan inserts, there's some really cool semi-tough, but not really that tough, like Thunder and Lightning and some of the – some of the just sets from like Fleer and Flair and some of the mid 90 sets, some of those cards are going for hundreds and hundreds of dollars. And I think wow. a big part of it is there's a, a lot of people in the Far East that just love Jordan are, are buying his cards and have insane collections and are really moving, you know, raising high tide rises all boats kind of thing. Yeah. Like, I think it's really good that these MCU cards have a big following in the, the, the East because relatively speaking, there's still not that much of it being made. No. It's still new. I mean, it's no. still, like this is like this is you catching the wave at this point. I mean, the wave definitely would have been in 08 with the, you know, with the signing of the autumn, uh, the Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr. and everything. But like this is definitely I mean, Avengers Endgame had a lot of pull to it. I remember people being pretty excited on blowout forms. And we had a couple people in the group. Um, I don't know. what. So what do you think is the next big wave for the what would you like to see as a new as a next product for the MCU? Uh, I I think the stuff that's out right now I think is going to be really big. I think there's a big emotional attachment for Endgame and for Infinity War. I think because of a lot of big buyers that are in the Far East, that that next, not Black Widow, that got pushed back, but the... Um, I've, I'm missing the name of it. The the Asian based movie that's coming out. Oh, that, uh, Shang, uh, Shang Shang Chi. Yes. If you, yeah. I would really be curious to know who the actors are that are going to be in that and how popular they are. Are they like Chadwick Boseman's who are going to become popular? Are they established and they're mm. like big over there? If that's the case, then the autographs probably will be very well. Yeah received like I, I definitely think it matters um i've been blown away and I, I think it it um reinforces the idea if you go and if you've ever seen the videos that my kids have po- you know of people that theaters of all these different languages of people getting excited when thor comes in in infinity war with uh you know stormbreaker and you know yeah he comes in and starts kicking ass and taking hands <laughs> or, or when Captain America steps off from the subway and that sort of thing. There's all these videos of just here's Turkey, here's Japan, here's Russia, here's all the international Russia. trailers. Yeah. 
well, yeah. no, people got snuck in cameras into theaters and supported oh. like a rock concert sort of environment. Yeah, that kind people of got really excited, yeah. you know, that there are fans in all these different countries. I think it bodes well for these cards, which are still fairly limited. You know what wow. I mean? And one other thing from like the sports side of it is that like Beckett, when a big player retires like Jeter or Ripken, they do like a, um, a tribute episode, a tribute issue, like an entire issue just on Cal Ripken. And they'll list all of his cards. And this was years and years ago. And I think he still signs for some cards. But, uh, I mean, back in the day, Ripken is over, what, 700, maybe even 1,000 now. I'm not entirely sure the number, but it's over 700 different autograph cards. Wow. Like, Downey has one. Pratt has one. Ooh, I'm talking MCU. Thor is probably the, the most – Chris Hemsworth has signed for everything he's been in. And even with the dual autographs and the different variations, like, his total is probably 20 to 25. I mean, but there's enough – demand for somebody like Ripken, I would say that the Marvel movies are the, the biggest pop culture thing in the last 10 years, and it's not even close. Well, I, I'd say so. I mean, I have, have to say, I mean, I'm, I'm in the UK, and, you know, I've been to one baseball game, and I'm, aw I'm aware of it, and I'm aware of cards as a thing. But, you know, and I have heard of Mickey Mantle, but everything else you said in your first few minutes of talking was kind of like cling on to me, um, <laughs> because it's simply not something I'm aware of. Whereas, whether I was in the UK or whether I was in France or whether I was in Turkey or whether I was in Japan or, or New Zealand, I would have known Hemsworth, Downey Jr., you know, that those, they have a, a global cultural reach, whereas baseball is very geo-specific. I mean, you know, it, it always makes me laugh that the World Series is just the US. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. That 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 bemuses Europeans no end. Um, <laughs> it's it's and it's it's regarded as a very American thing that it would be regarded as the World Series with air quotes. Um, so <laughs> I find that fascinating. What one thing that um, <clears throat> I find interesting is the is the mentality that comes. So so when I I, I know very few people who look at non sports. And especially on the comic art side of it, as an investment, they collect for the for the joy of collecting. They they collect for the uh, the set building. They collect because they're into a certain character. Um, and you know these are for the art based sets. So we're not talking about anything with a photograph on. And then you've got this kind of middle area that 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 has a foot in both camps, which I think Star Wars is a good example of, mm -hmm. in that you have an awful lot of photo cards. In fact, a lot of the sets of photo cards, I'm sure Greg from uh, the Rebel Base Card podcast will correct me on this one. Um, the majority of sets that I'm aware of are photo cards, but there are some sets that are art-based sets as well with Star Wars, but they pretty much all do have sketch cards in, and they all do have autograph cards in as well. And a lot of those are extremely big hitters as well. And Star Trek is pretty much all photo-based with big hitter autographs. But even those guys from Star Trek, legends as they are, and you know, even the ones who've passed away now, signed an awful lot of cards. So MCU is, is, is kind of a bizarre bubble in that 
Carrie Fisher signed an awful lot of cards and signed okay. a lot of stickers that are still being issued on cards after she's passed away. Um, and Harrison Ford, you know, might not sign often, might not sign many, but he has signed on a number of sets. So yeah. if you think about it from that perspective, then MCU is very much a, a very, very small bubble in that regard. So I guess if you're coming at that from where I kind of collect from, I'd be collecting them to have them and I'd want them all. But I probably wouldn't, and this is just partly personal preference and partly because I just don't have the income to to, to do it. Um, I would find it very difficult to put a set together, especially now, you know, we've given how, you know, the supply versus demand side of things. Um, and that does kind of touch on what I understand of the sports card market because I've been getting into um, – NFL cards for about eight months now, just starting to dabble around at the edges. Um, yeah, thank you. <laughs> and and my goodness, it's just it, we talked about this on an episode about about two months back, where someone asked us about whether investing and speculating would ever be become a thing in Marvel cards versus sports card. And I said, um, and I, I still stand by this, but the, but the MCU could be the possible exception that it's, it's, it's a very, very different in terms of the quantity of product there is. So I know from the NFL cards point of view that there are 30, 40, maybe 50 sets put out every year mm-hmm. across the entire, because uh, it's all Panini now, but they have all these big brands that used to be other companies. So they have Contenders, they have Donruss, they have um, Prestige, they have all these uh, Flawless, Immaculate, all these. Um Whereas with the Marvel sets, even with the movies, you're talking maybe eight, ten a year, if you're lucky. Um, yeah. Not that many. Not that so many at all. It's a much smaller market yeah. for a start. Yeah, probably less than that. Um, and the other thing that I find interesting is because Upper Deck have got the license, and they've got the license for the US, but they also distribute to the Far East. But that's that's kind of it. You know, so in in Europe, a different company have license to produce cards on Marvel properties, and they don't have access to any of those autographs. They don't have access to any of that high-end licensed autograph stuff. They don't do sketch cards. They might do some sort of faux memorabilia cards at best, but but that's it. Um, and I can't speak for South America, you know, other territories. I just just know for Europe. Um, and oddly enough, I think that's uh, Panini. So. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly Strange. enough, I, I, I really want to get into what you're talking about with the investing side of this mm. and, you know, talking about distribution and so forth. Here's the thing from my perspective, from my perspective, when it comes to Marvel cards that are based on original art, you're looking at a very small group of kids that grew up in the 90s that collected with Joe Jusco, with Julie Bell, Boris, Hindle, Hildebrandt, all this kind of stuff. You're looking at a pretty small audience. The MCU side of this is an international audience. Huge. Do I, huge. Do I think there's an international audience for the Marvel art-based stuff as well? Of course there is, 100%. But I feel like the MCU, and especially talking about the investment side, right? And what you're talking about, uh, Brian, is looking at how these actors are kind of like these baseball players, right? Where you're kind of charting their career, you're seeing where they're going, especially when you're looking at the star of Black Panther, right, Chad? When you're looking at his work, right, when he relatively came onto the scene, he 
been in a couple of film festivals, uh, shorter films and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, obviously a very good actor. But when he hit that role, that was the role that kind of defined a lot of his uh, career and where he was going. That was kind of like charting. Oh, this is this character. Mm. Here's this character to to hunt for. But there's also the thing where it's like, I mean, honestly, we can all say there's no other person I think about when I think about Captain America other than the actor who plays Captain America, right? Mm -hmm. And Disney has done a very smart job of saying, ah, this is the appearance for this character, right? This is what this character looks like. This is ingrained forever. This is, we're going to use his likeness, right? Like your shirt, the shirt you have now, which is a Mm -hmm. rocking shirt, right? You look at Chris Evans on there. Chris Evans' image in Disney will always, always be from those 10 years as Captain America. Always. That will be branded. That's trademarked. That's forever. Right? Those are kind of, in a way, the original pieces for those characters. Right? You have identities mixed in with those trademarks now of actual people. Yeah, I can see the autographs being the investment, um, especially for one that will carry on throughout time. That that's the thing that's finds that I find interesting. We've had a similar experience with the Joe Jusco set, you know, an MM 92, which kind of started this off for a lot of collectors. Joe Jusco doing that whole set kind of defined what Marvel masterpieces was going to be and what it is today. When he came back, it's no coincidence that MM Marvel masterpiece 2016 became the biggest set to come out and has brought up the conversation of investment and speculation and speculation, which happened Um, on 2018 which happened on 2018. And I, and I see that being a pattern as we move forward, especially with MM20, which I'm sure we'll find out hopefully soon about. Um, but I find it extremely interesting what MCU has over the original art. And I do think there's a lot of investment in MCU from, from this standpoint. I'm also wondering, are grades important for your autograph cards? Uh, they are. I uh, just well, I I know a lot of your core viewers will probably cringe at that, but I I come from the the sports side where you know PSA and Beckett are considered yes. the the top dogs as far as um, you know grading and that sort of thing, and and grade matters. And like I said, there's a lot of people that are especially in the older cards like the mantles and all that sort of thing. Like they're trimming cards, they're bleaching cards, they're yeah. doing things yeah. that you know are um, above board. So mm-hmm. the the grading is it perfect? No, but it, it is an unbiased you would hope um, company that basically you know gets their money when you send them the card, and they're going to try and be as objective as possible. And they might not catch everything, but at least they're you know a, a doorman to the to the club. You know what I mean? They're like yeah, yeah. I mean to prevent as much unseemliness, you know, getting through as possible. So you have a little bit of, um, a little bit more insurance than something that's not graded that it's, it's above mm-hmm. board. The written house cards don't have the, uh, holograms and that sort of thing. So right. one of the things that I wanted to do was grade, uh, 
all my downies. And basically, you know, the fact that they're graded with a particular number, which they can go back in time and say, oh, yeah, this was graded in 2010 or whatever, yeah. will give you a little bit of reassurance that, you know, that if there is a problem where things start flooding the market, that, yeah. you know, these were graded a long time ago. Um, yeah. Great matter. I had at one time... And I'm not trying to be anything, but one time I had 13 of the downies, and I sold off a bunch of the sevens. I uh, basically kept most of the eights, just about all of the eights. But in a modern card, a, a seven's kind of a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you yeah. expect everything to be eight or better. Has so I was kind of disappointed. Um, to get sevens, but so then I sold some of them. I made a profit on all of them. But then I went and bought other stuff. I bought from Thor: The Dark World, like the the Hemsworth Loki dual autograph. I Ooh, yeah, thought that was a great card. It is. Um, you know the Prats. There's there's I think six Prats. They're graded a ten. I have five of them. Wow. You know, like wow, like you would go and try and buy cards, and if they didn't get good grades, you could just resell them. Like one thing that um has been frustrating me is uh the first original hemsworth autograph on the original thor movie a lot of those cards are cut short because i've probably sent in like five of them and at least i think three of them have come back minimum size requirement oh really like they won't grade the card because it's cut a little short and oh, then when i got graded it actually made it through the grading process but only got a five so I was disappointed oh, wow. by that. I right, but that, I mean, that's universal though, right? I mean, everyone's going to have that problem, yeah. you know, so, you, so that you five might things. not be that bad. <laughs> you learn, well, then I, I think I got one as a seven. And I'm like, I'm going to keep it oh, okay. because I'm sick of grading this card. But <laughs> just FYI, like the Thors, you got to watch the size. On yeah, yeah, the yeah. way you know that if you had like, tried on multiple times to get them graded and they yeah. won't accept the card because it's cut a little short. Wow. So I have to say, grading like is coming in. Grading is coming in on the. Uh, we 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 haven't done a grading episode yet, simply because we um we have um uh, at least one particular person we want to speak to on that regard who, who grades a lot of Marvel cards. Um and um and um, just, I'm just going to say hi, Amanda. Um, Amanda. <laughs> uh, and we we love Amanda. Um and she oh, is awesome. um she does a lot of grading and she she hooked me up with this fine. Black Cat PSA 10, <laughs> nice. Um, which is which is rather lovely, um, and I like them. Um, I'm I'm for, for my, my wheelhouse has been uh, in the in the years since we've been doing this podcast. I've I've changed my mind about graded cards. I'm now a completely 100 percent convert. The only the only cards I I genuinely don't don't see the point of, of grading in terms of cards are sketches. But that's 100. Yeah. percent That's just a me yeah. thing. But um, but I'm I have a massive comic collection yards away from where I'm sitting here um, and none of them are graded because I, I want to be able to read the books and you know for me if you seal something and I, I get from an archival point of view but I don't buy them to invest I buy them to read you know I buy them to have yeah. things like that Very so different. I want to be able to touch them but this is literally a front and a back so you know it kind of makes sense to do and a lot of um, character collectors especially yourself included Norin have started to go after these on just the commons and the base cards and the yeah chase. so basically and here's the trick for grading cards for for me from from my personal standpoint it's that in the 90s they were overproduced 
by hundreds and hundreds and thousands and that like it's just ridiculous how much product is out there from cards that came out in the 90s so for me looking at population reports looking at psa seeing how many are out there there are 10 the goal for me as a character collector say okay i gotta get like some of my staples for my collection as tens Right. And the most premier set, if there was ever a set, in my opinion, that you invest in when it comes to Marvel cards, you're looking at Marvel masterpieces just based on rarity, based on prestige, based on the name itself. That will be the set that will continue, you know, long into the future. So going back and finding this card that was everywhere in pristine condition as a 10 from PSA graded, nice, clean. That is for me a, a benchmark in a collection. You know, that's that that's me from that standpoint, getting something graded. Would I get graded maybe one of the modern cards? Like I've seen a lot of collections where people get their autographs from MM16 or MM18, which is more of a premier set, which are like a, an addition of 10 cards. Right. The autographs from the artist of that particular character, of that particular card. They're getting those things graded and putting a premium price on them, especially where the market is now. I don't see that really working. A lot of the collectors I know are not going to pay a premium price on those yeah. right because just to get one is worth it you know what i mean but to put a premium price just because it's graded on top of that you're not really ensuring quality you're just adding a premium price to something that will be sealed into I, a psd grading kit i think with a lot of those newer cards because they're quite thick they very rarely get the high grades they rarely rarely get the, the high production grades. process because they yeah. you know they are I mean, you've you've probably seen them in different. Yeah, I've seen I've um, seen someone uh, have nine point five BGS of those, and they're yeah, nice, you know, and they're they very are, rare to get that high of a grade. But you know, no, you're already paying. I don't know if you know about those, Brian, about those prices for those crazy things. But you know, they're like eight hundred bucks, thousand dollars, twelve hundred for some of these autographs or something like Jusco or or Bianchi, and you know, right now the market's really high but for them. Not they, they won't. No, and they're not That's graded. The so when someone finds a graded one and it's, you know, adding $400 onto that price, people are going to be very wary unless they want that graded set, which is only maybe two or three of us right now. Um, so that's the only reason I, I see that as being problematic for now. That might change in the future, you know? Yeah, I don't know a lot about those. Like I like I said, what what brought me into this was just the the excitement from like Captain America Winter Soldier, unbelievable movie. Like I've had more oh, yeah. we've I've spent hours with my boys and we were trying to rank them as to where they all are and how <laughs> great they are and you know like logan where does that fit and where does you know winter soldier fit and where do the avenger movies all fit and you know for a long time we thought you know the first avenger movie was like the perfect movie we were trying hard to find like any sort of mistake yeah glitch or you know something that isn't right you know like in game of thrones the coffee cup sitting on the table (laughs) yes we're trying to find something that uh was was in there and we're, we're having a hard time doing it so but uh, yeah, no, I, I I'm sure the the Marvel masterpieces is is great. You can't collect everything, and I certainly don't have the income to, to no, 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 do no, it. No. But yeah, what I what I'm focusing on, what what's kind of exciting are some of the printing plate autographs that are coming out. Yes. as well for the I end was game. wondering about those. I saw those. Yeah. Yes, we uh, I need two. 
to uh, finish the Infinity War set. Nice. And I thought, well, Thanos is so audacious to try and get all the stones. I was like, what would be the toughest set to try and build? And I'm like, you know, the the printing plate set, there's only four of them. And I'm like, yeah. to try and get a set of all of those would be just ridiculous. It would be fun. It's so one of the so hardest we, things to do. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's that's why I joined EPAC because there were several um, printing plates that were on there, yeah. and we went on there and started buying some product just so we would have kibbles to try and trade or at least start a conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, which got me into buying some Fleer Ultra Spider Man and you know boxes of the Infinity War cards and whatnot. So, but uh, we've acquired most of them. It's taken a while, but we've eventually worn down people or they'll, they'll put them on comp c and they'll just let me buy them and stuff so. yeah good so yeah, you, you say we is that you and your boys yeah well everything i do is for them but you know uh-huh. they they give their two cents in it as well and i i think it's a learning experience too because obviously yes you should have your money and other things by far and away but this is something as well that it gives them a chance to discuss and think about the future and yeah like i'm i'm kind of a nerd i like watching antique road show you know and yeah I, I like you know <laughs> I, I, what what really <laughs> that's <strikes> true <laughs> What really strikes me is that, you know, some young woman was on there and was like, oh, I got this little silver ring. And they're like, you realize this is platinum and you know it's by Louis Comfort Tiffany. And this girl thought she had like a $20 ring and ended up being a $20,000 ring. And, you know, she starts sobbing right on set. You know what I mean? Like, I want to leave something, you know, decent for the boys. And I want them to have I want them to be excited for it, too. I want to I'm trying to tailor what I do. I'm not going to force Mickey Mantle on them. You know what I mean? If that's not what, if that's not what. I think that's really nice, though. I think that's really nice. I mean, it's well, you know, I think it's it's it, it speaks volumes to your character, and you know, I'm sure other people listening have had the same experience where they've had to reassess and be like, you know, am I collecting this for me? Am I collecting this together with somebody? You know, it's gonna. This. That's it. <laughs> there you go. I saw you having. No one's I think it's great. Else. I think it's. I think it's really lovely. Yeah. I um. How, so how much do you? Because because I did you start when Iron Man came out? Did you did you go in big buying product to get the autos at that point, or did you just go after the autos and start buying bulk product later? I. And I don't want to have a, a wall. I had, when I went into the military, I had like monster box after monster box. And even into the 90s before I had kids, like I, I you know, tried investing in certain basketball players and certain football players and things like that. And, you know, I had a box just full of Dan Marino stuff and a box of Michael Jordan stuff, like big monster boxes of, you know, favorite players and whatnot. And I, over the course of time, you know, people, you know, I've called down my collection. My entire collection is probably 200 cards. That's it. But you, you can believe that, they are there isn't a one i would the cheapest one is probably like 200 bucks or something like that like i would rather have something that's very tight and very yeah powerful and um yeah i just i don't collect sets or anything like that i just go after the guys i want to go after that sort of thing kind of like nice. uh if you were going to collect on antique roadshow what a month ago there the big item of the week was wizards um 
the the Black Lotus, the the. The oh world, yeah, the Magic the Gathering. Magic the Gathering cards, where a guy had a, or a wife brought in a binder. She goes, "Yeah, my husband collects these." And I was just curious what they're worth. Fifty bucks, and they're like, "No, this is worth a hundred thousand dollars." You know, like, yeah, yeah, like, the Alpha <laughs> Black Lotus, yeah, or yeah, whatever it is, the, yeah, with the little black dots and uh, that's the black dots, the misprint, yeah, all yeah, that good stuff. Like, I didn't know anything about that. I wasn't into that sort of thing, but I was yeah. like, that guy did it right. So I'm trying to just collect. You know the 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 autographs are just stay. You know, collecting the the big shirts and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. See, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, my collection is not worth anywhere near that. But I I that's as a character collector, I tend to, I at least from my standpoint, and you know this this is a good topic of conversation as well. Is that if you're looking at cards that feature original art you should go for one of one if you're looking to create that investment right you should be looking for one of ones you should be looking for the original art featured on that card right and then you're getting artists then you're getting into the higher end pieces as well if you're taking that collection like to that next level um but similarly to you i try to keep my collection very pristine very tight no extras just because it helps me as a, as a collector too. I, I don't overspend. You know what I mean? I know it's very specifically what I'm shooting for. It's hard to do that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I try to do that as well. Yeah. But that's amazing that you have that, man. This, uh, from a baseball and I, I, this was something I didn't make this up. This is something somebody said to me a long time ago. And I thought it was valuable was that like back in the day. And I don't even know if this still holds, but they said, if you can try and trade two or three Roger Maris's to get a mantle, then you try and trade two or three mantles to get a DiMaggio. Then you try and trade <laughs> two or three DiMaggio's to get a Gehrig. And then you could trade a couple Gehrig's to get a roof. Like you're always trying to up smart, go up the, the food chain, you know, yeah. value, that sort of thing. So like, it kind of gives you a, a feel of where they are in the hierarchy or the pecking order, mm. that sort of thing. Yes. And, uh, I think one time I wrote to somebody said, well, obviously, you know, a 10 carat diamonds worth more than 10, one carat diamonds. Yeah. So like, like I would rather, I, I try and keep everything just very tight and I, I try and, say i only have this much space what do i want to put in it so yeah that's what's happening right now with us too with with like i think if ian if people were going to put something on a food chain what do you think that food chain looks like for us because it's a little difficult right now because the art is kind of subjective right because you don't have like legacy players it's it's incredibly incredibly subjective for the original art thing yeah well and it changes 10 years ago it would have been a different answer five years ago it would have been a different answer five years from now it would be a different answer the interesting thing is so i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna come to that in a very circular fashion as is my way so (laughs) i with marvel cards i i kind of go at it as an extension of my comic collecting which is kind of a sprawling thing um and um, so my, my Marvel card collecting tends to be similar. The only area of focus really is the Black Cat stuff. And even that, just by virtue of how many Black Cat cards there have been made, is is, is pretty big. I mean, once you go outside your sketch cards, Norin, you know, you've, you've still got all those base cards and chase cards. So, you know, there's, 
that that's where the number comes from, I guess. From yeah, no kidding. But yeah. the areas that I do now keep it tight, which I don't tend to do much at the moment because I'm focused on Marvel, are things like James Bond. Mm. So what I do with this is that I don't go for any of the base or chase. I just go for the autographs from Daniel Craig movies. Oh, so clever. That is, that, is a, that is a focus for me. And I do the same with Lost. I go for the autograph and the, and the memorabilia cards. Um, I hmm. do the same with the Battlestar Galactica TV series. Um, and because I just simply, uh, there was a point about uh, five years ago where I really didn't have the space for all this. And, you know, this is, since moved into a bigger place, my collection has kind of grown like that. So I think a lot of it is limited to where you live. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, um, but I, um, for, for, for my, my James Bond collection, it's, I, I don't think it's achievable, not for me anyway, on my budget, to say I want to do that across all the eras of James Bond cards because, my goodness, you know, Rittenhouse have put out an awful lot of product on the yeah. James Bond spectrum. So just going after the autograph cards, you know, we, you're talking thousands of them. Um, and it's pretty giddy just in the James Bond, um, Daniel Craig era side of things. So I kind of keep that tight. Um, so... Um, but in terms of the, the Marvel stuff, if you had that food... So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is that food chain is quite easily apparent in, in entertainment properties because yeah. a lot of it is to do with the pecking order of the casting. Yep. So, you know, a Downey Jr. is always going to be, uh, and I don't know if this is the case, but just as an example, maybe Free Hemsworths or, you know, maybe, you know, uh, Hayley Atwell is, you know, maybe five of her is a Chris, Chris Hemsworth. I don't know. Um Hayley That's Atwell. pretty cool. I love that. Let's yeah, I love a that. Moment for Hayley Atwell. <laughs> okay, let's uh, which actually, we'll put a pin in that. We'll come back to Marvel TV shows in a moment because I wanted to ask you about that. Um, with the art-based sets, though, it is so wholly subjective, and I think I think the only area you could apply it with a bit of a bigger canvas that would apply to more people is maybe from the point of view of the type of cards. So, but even then, the values differ uh, greatly. So Marvel Annual, for example, a printing plate from Marvel Annual, which isn't original art. It uses art from um, comics or from other sources. So it's a lower cost set. You still just have four printing plates for each card. And yet you can get them anywhere from 20 to $40. Whereas the Marvel Masterpiece set, still just four printing plates for that card, not signed. You're talking four five, six, seven hundred dollars for each of those four printing plates. So even when you go at it in terms of parallel type, it is related to how that set is perceived in that pecking order. So I guess you could look at it in that the sets are kind of like the actors. You know, you could argue your Marvel Masterpieces 2016 is your Robert Downey Jr. of yeah. the art sets. You yeah. could argue that your um, Marvel Annual is your um, the third guy on the right from the... Um, Black yeah. Panther cast, you know. <laughs> Sorry, I'm I'm yeah. mumbling because I no, can't no. remember any actors' names off the top of my head. But that that's kind of where my head goes with it. That's how Maybe I do it wrong. too. Yeah, I don't know. So that's that's do what you, I'm thinking too. And I've had conversations with people because, like, right now it's it just it's very subjective. Like, I think when we have more MM pieces and 
more Marvel universes and more Fleer Ultra sets, people will start making that hierarchy a little more because now we're in that premium stage of our collecting, right? Yeah. Where they're going to the age where it's all thicker cards, autographs, yeah. you know, printing plates, one of one pieces. Yeah. And I, I think that's maybe where it's going to start developing that ladder. That's so very apparent in the MCU right now. Yeah. Um, at least, at least from my perspective. People overpay yeah. all the time on the Marvel art side. People what? Overpay all the time. Yeah. For non-graded cards. Yeah. You know, there's a wild spectrum of, of prices that people pay for stuff. You just look at eBay salts. Someone tries to put something on the group and they're trying to sell it for X amount. And someone will go and look at eBay salts and find the one that sold at $20, whereas everything else sold at 18 So it's only worth $20. Yeah. How, how is it with you, Brian? Is MCU like sales and stuff a little bit tighter? Uh, yeah, I don't think it, I don't think it varies. I think everything is creeping up. So I think it's, it's a good place to be the, uh, it's not MCU, but, uh, Hugh Jackman, 2000 X-Men, X-Men 2, the yes. case of cards, that sort of thing. Like I remember buying those for like one ninety nine, and there was a, a guy who really, really needed it for a set, or was a real big fan, and ended up like doubling the money even after eBay fees by guys oh. like I got to have this nine point five, you know, Jackman. I ended up selling a couple of them um, to the guy, and the the dual um, Hemsworth Loki. I know I bought one for like 200 bucks but a lot of them were like 250 and that sort of thing when they first came out especially because the dark world wasn't that great a movie but um you i could sell those i have three of them and i probably could sell them for like 900 to a thousand now because even some of the um like hemsworth with lady sith or something still goes for like 500 bucks and the loki card's a better card than that you know so um i think they they're all moving up i think they're doing really well i think it's insane the end game product that's come out they have like three different versions of almost every autograph card yeah fairly (laughs) rare autograph a more medium autograph and then a rare version three different pictures yeah different printing printing plates for each one of those um i think they really Really, Upper Deck really went full bore. Um, and as long as they don't keep making like MCU 10 sets, kind of like what yeah. Star Wars keeps making sets every year, even though there may not be any real new additional product. But yes. you just keep rehashing. Let's do a black and white set. Let's do one of these. Let's do one of these. Um, so long as they don't keep killing the the Marvel um, brand and don't do like MCU 11, MCU 12, MCU 13, mm. um, you know, hopefully these won't be mass produced, but one can only hope. Uh, I'm thrilled every time a new list comes out and certain people aren't signing. Yeah, because you're like, yep, I'm still good. Oh, nice. <laughs> okay. That's interesting. Yeah. There That's are... Really interesting. Uh, there's also variants too, like you mentioned Star Trek before, like Zoe Saldana, I think has signed more for Star Trek than maybe she signed for the original Guardian set, but it's rare. It's incredibly yeah. rare to find the, the Zoe Guardians of the Galaxy 1, but Guardians of the Galaxy 2, they're everywhere, but she only signed, it's like ZSP is what it looks like. She only oh, signed wow. initials. Um, 
there was a person, if you go to Cardboard Connection, they talk about all the different sets and give their opinion on it. And they show pretty much pictures of all the different cards. The one card they don't have a picture of is a dual autograph with Karen Gillan from Doctor Who. And uh-huh. uh, it's a dual autograph with Karen Gillan and uh, Zoe Zaldano. Yeah, and uh, that card is insanely, insanely rare. And I wow. never thought I would own one. I just went on eBay a year ago. And some pawn shop or something had won four hundred dollars by it now, and I really didn't want to spend the four hundred dollars. Yeah, that card's worth over a grand. Like that Whoa. card is incredibly hard, and they had it on eBay four hundred dollars by it now. I couldn't buy it fast enough. I didn't want to. <laughs> I had to. Keyboard broke. You're like, no. I'm glad you said that. I wasn't sure I which way that was going to go. You said I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't. Let me start like, working more now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I got a. I had to buy that card. I was like, this person doesn't realize how incredibly hard this card is. Yeah. yeah. So I got to jump was, on that stuff. I was on that, and Smart. I, I think there's uh, still opportunities like that as well. I uh, I think it's all about the passion. Like I, I think there's going to be a lot of casual fans. Yes. Who, uh, are are and if you look back at Hot Wheels and Barbies and GI Joes yeah. and all these things that people they always say like you know find whatever kids love and hold it for thirty years and then just let it Migos like I grew up with a lot of the Mego action figures mm. like I had almost all of those and loved those things to death like to see huh. them now in the boxes and stuff are like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Like, I, I think these movies engender a lot of passion, and I think this yeah. will be one of the ways that people, if cards are still collected, hopefully, you know, going forward forever, and with a relative scarcity, and the fact that they're, as we've seen, they're being divested all over the place. Like, yeah. like I said, I'm selling a lot of stuff on eBay, and I'm selling more to to foreign. I'm using the eBay global shipping program a Smart. lot. Well, you know, because they're they're being sent to China and Japan. So I'm yeah. like, you know what? There's definitely a core over there that really likes those. And that can only help, especially when these are produced, relatively speaking, in much less quantities than your standard baseball, yeah. basketball. Yeah. You know, the, the yeah. case numbers are just not as high as maybe... And that's why I think everything is kind of rising right now a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I want to be overly optimistic, but I don't see stuff really falling even during this pandemic. You know, I, I watched a couple of different uh, YouTube channels, some on statues, some on comic book grading and original art, especially from comicartfans.com. Um, and they were saying they had a bunch of dealers on there for comic art, original art. And they were saying the same. They were like they were expecting prices to kind of yeah. start dipping. Um, yeah. I am seeing people selling collections because, you know, unfortunately, job things and, and you, know, you know, horrible situations are happening all around the world. But. Yeah, it's it's pretty steady um, for the most part, from what I recognize for the other, from the other hobbies as well. Yeah, um, I was, you know, um, we. Sorry, carry on. Sorry. No, I was just saying, you know, that's why w- with the group we have f- people from the Philippines who also have really impressive collections. And, you know, we're always trying to get more international people because when you start hunting for one of ones right. and for low numbers, the better the network, the better the collections are going to be, you know, because these things do vanish into black hole yep. collections or they vanish across seas and we yep. can't get to them. You know what I mean? And people maybe are not on social media or whatever. This really does kind of help. Um, yep. One thing I did want to ask before, before I give it to Ian, <laughs> 
do you guys know the number of how many Robert Downing Jr. Ironmans are out there or like any of these autos? Does Rittenhouse give those numbers or does Upper Deck give those numbers? There's um, there on the blog forums. They've talked about it and like different people have said that they think there's what, like 250 of the uh, Robert Downey face cards. And then there's supposedly like 150 of the Rittenhouse lost the license and they had more Iron Man cards, but it's the Iron Man suit. Yeah, the one with him with the glasses and the one with the suit, right? Yes. So the the one with the Iron Man suit, uh, and I wasn't aware of this when it happened, but when they lost the license, they basically put out something that said it was either like $149 or $199. You could basically just mail them a check and they would send you one of the cards because they just had to get it off their plate. Wow. So those were never issued in a pack. The only, if you buy a box of Iron Man, the only one that you have a chance of getting is the the Tony Stark one, and that one goes for a little bit more than the Iron Man suit one. Um, wow. It seems like the people that collect them um, prefer the Tony Stark face as compared to the Iron wow. Man. That's wow, that's interesting. Maybe because the actor is actually being featured on the signature, or, be, or because it was actually one you can get out of the box. Right, and, one, so the Iron Man one is kind of a. Uh, quirky story never in a box you just could buy it straight from the company kind of thing but it's like rarity and the hunt is it's, not its initial price in market was this is quite of an interesting one because because i've seen this before on price perception um stuff is that if it if it enters the market with a with a relatively low price point then that that price perception follows it even if the market mm. lifts it will always be at a disadvantage to something that was considered to be a lotto win of finding it in a box. Interesting. So that that doesn't surprise me at all. But they're both they're that. both pretty expensive now, though. They're uh, yeah, I'm sure they're in the, well into the four figures now. So Oof. wow. So my goodness, there's one man. on eBay that's been sitting there. The guy wants five thousand or best offer, but usually some of them have been selling for around like three. Okay. But I do think I do think over time I think it's going to be easily a five thousand dollar card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, imagine the commission you'd lose from eBay on that. Thanks, eBay. Um, the <laughs> the um, I was I've started listening to. I haven't listened to it for a couple of weeks actually, because um, Kevin St. Jack. Um, good evening, Kevin, and he he crosses Kevin. quite nicely both sports and non-sports Marvel. He's very much in both camps. So he's yeah. um, he recommended uh, the Hobby Hotline. Um, which I don't know if you've you've heard of Brian, but it's a um, it's kind of a live call in podcast, and the guys who who do it all present different sports based podcasts, um, and so they have people calling in who are collectors, but people also run other sport. You know, you throw a rock and you can hit a sports card podcast. It seems we're the only <laughs> one that I'm aware of focused on Marvel cards. Um, and, and that's pretty cool. And, and they were saying a similar thing about the market didn't seem to be dipping at all. Um, this, was, this was about six weeks ago. One of the other interesting things that, that caught my um, 
recollection earlier is when you were talking about the grades and the sevens and you sold your sevens is that they were they were talking about graded cards recently and this is something we are going to get more into as an episode of its own thing because we've only kind of touched on them we've talked more on this episode about them than any episode so far um and they were saying that from a grading point of view in sports cards a lot of the thinking at the moment with modern cards that you get graded would be to when you get them graded keep your nines but sell your tens because tens will always attract more of a premium on the sports card side because they were saying a lot of sports cards it's it because for whatever reason either the volume of them or the way they're handled or etc getting the tens is actually quite difficult even mm-hmm. when they're quite quite largely produced I, I just thought it was fascinating they were saying that 10 was such a you know if you get stuff back and you say you send in 10 of a card and you get um, three of them are nines and the rest of them are tens they said keep the nines for your personal collection but sell the tens because you'll make more money so I thought it was fascinating. That's interesting. I would, yeah, I, I would I never that think was very of that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I never would think that. I mean, I would personally fund my tens fun to get tens by selling nines. You know what yeah. I mean? Similar to what we were talking about with Brian, you know, selling I'm, a couple. I'm of, not saying yeah. that that's the overall trend. That was just what they happened to be advising in that. Particular that's fascinating. So I've taken that out of context. What I'll do is I'll try and find that episode and I'll pop that on the tasting notes for the show. So oh, that'd be fun. Go, yeah, yeah. Go and have a look at it. Um, um, but I, I think it's fascinating. I think there's a lot from the the way that the because you know I think we talked about this on that episode where we talked about the hobby recently, where we talked about the comparisons from what I understand of how sports cards work to how non-sports and specifically the section of non-sports, which is Marvel cards, works. Yeah. Is that it's, it's 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 chalk and cheese in that you have entire businesses that run based on sports cards there are very few that do that on non-sports cards because and even them have a foot in the sports world i don't see, think my hope do it on the marvel side no i see i think for my hope for the future and i'm i'm hoping it's mcu that is part of this kind of thing right is that right now we have sports and we have star wars we have magic the gathering and we have pokemon Right. My hope is that eventually when we go to phase five for MCU and this trend continues, right, and becomes kind of as fixated as in the culture for the last 10 years, for the next 10 years, that Marvel cards becomes a main feature. Right. I mean, you have Star Wars was able to do it. You collect Star Wars cards. That's a whole world of its own. Does that make sense? You know, so I'm I'm hoping that Marvel... With its own podcast, right? Yeah. Well, that's what my hope is. I'm hoping that Marvel cards can reach that kind of plateau. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I have seen a little bit of the MCU stuff, Brian, and I do think the MCU is probably what's going to carry it to that prestige, <laughs> to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to be, and this is my personal opinion, obviously, I don't, I don't think it's going to be the original art, even though I would love it to take it to that level, but it's going to have to be the MCU yeah. cards. That takes it to that because and you know what we've talked about this before Ian, right yeah can you go to a target and a walmart and a retail store and find some mcu cards absolutely can you find marvel universe or any of those guys anymore no yeah. you know the product that's out there the product that people will be familiar with are going to be associated to these films yeah yeah it's right. it, uh, it's fascinating i don't know do you um 
Do you touch on the um, any of the properties that Marvel do that aren't filmed? So do you touch any of the Netflix sets in terms of the autos or any of the MCU kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, that kind of set? I have not. I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I just haven't had time. Um, I know between Arrow know that and Gotham and Supergirl and, you know, Legends of Tomorrow and mm. all these different things. Like, there's something every night. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> able. I still would prefer to watch sports or, you know, movies or, you know, whatever. Play chess online. Like, whatever. Looking like, for I, Starbucks coffee cups in Marvel movies. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah. We're trying to find it. <laughs> Um, but, uh, no, I haven't really gotten into those. Just can't be everywhere. Like I said, um, yeah, I would ask you guys a question. There have been people that I've chatted with on sites that, um, well, two things. I think that you had said before, one thing not to grade our sketch cards. I, I almost think the other thing is like, I happen to have, I do have a couple star Wars cards. My oldest kid really likes star Wars. So there were a couple tops on demand, like the little 20 card sets where you get one autograph per. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like I got a, a couple of the Sam Jackson, one of one autographs. Like Ooh. I have, to, like I haven't sent anything in to PSA in months because of the pandemic. They were shut down yeah. for a long time right. and whatnot. Um, I'm gonna get those graded, but I'll probably just get them graded authentic just to protect them. But I wouldn't grade them because the it's a one of one that sells itself and it's autographed. Right. I, I don't yeah. think the difference between an eight and a nine matters a lot, but I would like it slabbed just for yeah. protection. Yes. Yeah. So I think one of ones. I don't know if I would pay for anything other than authentic just keep it cheaper you know what i, I mean? love that just, just keep it protected but uh there have been a couple of people that I'm, i've said hey I, you know i have these iron man cards though especially the ones where you could buy them like other people bought them and then i bought them from them like and i haven't bought an iron man card in probably like five or six years so i was dealing with a different price line when i bought them and they're like that's terrible to grade they're not in the little um, hard plastic with a little gold sticker that goes. Oh, the archive stick. Yes. So there are people who are like, you know, I, I wouldn't even pay for that card because it doesn't have the gold sticker. And it seemed like there are a lot of people. And I was I was surprised that other people were jumping in on. Yeah. Why would you pull it out of there? That's how you know it's authentic. I'm like, you could hot glue a stupid gold sticker onto a like, I don't know how much that. People seem to think that that was the end all be all. I'd be curious, since you guys are closer to that, I would be curious to know what your opinion is on that because I, I felt like I was in some sort of twilight zone when <laughs> I was like, I'd rather have a card encased and sealed than have a gold sticker on the top of the plastic. Like, so we're talking about the Rittenhouse ones where they put the gold. Yes. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple here actually from the James Bond set of the um, yes, like the people multi case incentives. Yeah in those stickers yeah i am like i'll cut the sticker and i'll grade the card like yeah you know I'd for me know what your opinion on it is it so i i recently bought a card that was from dc so it was a dc sketch card of robin and it was on our on our archive case hit right so it was one of the rare cards where you had to buy a case in order to receive this special sketch and it has the gold sticker on it but the card's not in a penny sleeve the card is in a top holder with that gold sticker. And does that bother me? 
100%. <laughs> Do I want to take it out there and put in a penny sleeve? 100%. But here's the thing. Uh, sometimes those cards for me, when I buy them, I really like them and I want to keep them, right? I have this kind of instinct that I've developed many times, which fails me. Sometimes it helps me out. It doesn't matter where I'm like, okay, am I going to keep this card forever in my collection? Right. And that's the only reason I haven't taken it out and rip the sticker and put it in a proper penny sleeve and keep it not and keep the sketch card without it just touching straight top loader. I know that sounds crazy that that bothers me, but you know, that's the only reason I haven't done it yet. Cause I have a feeling that it might not be here as a forever card. Right. I, I have seen collectors who want that gold sticker that want that card in the way it was distributed. I have seen that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's me. I'm putting my hand. Yeah, that's right. Me. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I just, yeah. I just prefer it. But I think you're talking about a very different thing when you're talking about. Okay, someone posted something on the group the other day about a Marvel Universe 1990 hologram, saying that it, it felt a bit off. And it was like, well, the production quality varied on those, and who, seriously, you know, for a card that mass produced and that low in value, why would anyone do a knockoff of it? So it's like, you know, it's it's kind of, you've got to kind of have a bit of pragmatism about it when, you, when you're looking at that. For a sketch card, no, because, you know, it's it doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it's, no. it's not, for, but for something that can be forged, which is an autograph, then I can kind of see why you would want to remove it and authenticate it like that if... From from kind of Brian's and from many sports kind of approaches, you'd want that peace of mind for for the value of the card. For me, I'd be happy to own it. So that's yes, kind of that's kind of my difference. And you can still forge a sticker and that top loader, well, like Brian yeah, exactly. was saying. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, that doesn't matter either. I guess from my my standpoint, then. So I guess my bigger question would be this: for that Iron Man card you're talking about, or for these autos, is there an embossed? Like a um, like a stamp or uh, anything no. on the card, so no. it's just the autograph. Even embossed have been forged. There, there was an NFL set in the '90s Proline, where uh. there were, you know, Don Shula autographs and Art Shell autographs and Andre Reid autographs and different NFL players and stuff. And they were finding people that had made the the device to crimp the the bottom left card and whatnot and those were being counterfeited and whatnot so like even a crimp doesn't even from a a sports point of view like that doesn't say anything yeah that doesn't do anything because well then grading it is the answer well i'm familiar with an example where cards have been documented as being counterfeited and they were crimped so Wow. Well, then that's really what the grade comes down to, right? Because if you're sending it into PSA or BGS or whatever, they can look at the card and hopefully detect if Mm. it's a forgery or not. And then with the grade on there, you know, I would I, I guess if I had the choice and I'm new to the MCU side of this. Right. But from my knowledge in cards, if I'm looking at a card that's still sealed in a top loader with the archive sticker, if I didn't know any better, that's the one I would think to trust more. But especially after having this conversation, I would prefer the one that's been graded by a PSA or, P, or PGS, I think it is, right? If I it would, was an autograph. 
if it was an uh, the same card, same card, if it's graded, then yeah. I'm going to assume that professionals have looked at it, whoever these yeah. people are, right? And that there was a decision that that card was not a forgery and graded yeah. and authenticated as opposed to seeing a card that just showed up on the market yeah. and a top loaded and archive sticker that easily could have been gotten from whatever or reproduced, right? Yeah. Those pieces yeah. are definitely not hard. I, I myself... You know, have have done Photoshop, have done plenty of work in web design and graphic design and so forth. And I, I can see how those pieces could be easily duplicated for anybody who's going to do that. The sheer amount of number of things you would have to create just to make it worth it. Right. Is what's going to call you out. I did hear yeah. a horror story, which Ian would be interested in. Brian, I don't know how, how much you know about this, but when sketch cards first came out, there was something called the sketchograph. And that was right. the name of the card. And these were all done by artists uh, and they're very plain sketches. They're not difficult yeah. sketches. They're very clean. Um, and they were done by big comic book artists. Very, you know, prestigious pieces. I had a friend who bought so bought like 500 of these in a lot sale. All of them were forgeries and all of them had the stamp on them as well because they were embossed with the little stamp thing and all of them were forgeries, all of them. And it was a it was a lot piece that he bought and he realized they were all forgery cards. So it does it does exist. Cards are being cut and yeah. so forth. But I do see I see the benefit in something having the authentication of being yeah. graded. Because that would be my assumption that that would not be the forgery. Yeah, you know I what think, I mean. Like I think, if there was going to be forgery, I think on the non-sports side, I think it, it, it's very much a truism that no one's going to bother trying to counterfeit. A, I was going to say a one-pound note, but we have coins now. A one-dollar bill. You know, right. it's going to be the fifties and the hundreds that people right. are going to, going to be you know, want to, want to, want to counterfeit. So, um, the only occurrence I've heard of, and this ties back to what you were saying about Rittenhouse Autos earlier, Brian, is on that first Star Trek set. There were forgeries um, from that set. That's the only non-sports example I'm aware of, not to say that they haven't happened, that would kind of come close to that, I think. Um, and I think it was uh, Zachary Quinto, Chris Pine, and possibly J.J. Abrams. Um, there's, there's a There's a the post about it, there'll probably be one on Blowout, but there's definitely one on NSU Card Talk, um, where people were sort of comparing them, and it was it was kind of kind of a big deal. Um, wow. But you know, Rittenhouse do still have that license, and they've produced you know further sets of Star Trek and and have Star Trek Picard set coming along. So, so I, I'm not sure how how. how you know what steps you can take to to mitigate that, but I know that first Star Wars movie, uh, Star Trek movie, probably the exception rather than the rule on 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 the non-sports side. I think the only area because I know in I know in sports, it's it's done an awful lot and has been done for decades. Uh-huh. You know, people have been doing that for decades because there's so much product and there's so many people going after it and therefore there's a lot of money in that hobby. It's an awful lot of money. You know, those deals that the players do with different, you know, card companies and licensing and likeness yeah. and endorsements yeah. and all that sort of stuff is generally is where the money goes then the people trying to forge and do that will will follow is is you know, certainly my experience in live event ticketing. It's, it's definitely, you know, uh, the case in other things. No one's going to um, try and um, scalp a hundred tickets for um, 
an obscure 80s one-hit wonder they will for the food fighters it's that right. kind of thing i guess um that's um this is fascinating how many cases of um endgame did you get through if you don't mind me asking, uh, I'm just curious. I only bought a couple boxes of it. I give okay. some to the boys to open up. Like I said, I don't want the Cracker Jack. I want the prize. Right. Uh, <laughs> I would rather go and buy, like, I the, the first card I bought from there was a, a printing plate of uh, Chris Evans. Uh, it's probably the least desirable one. It's the one where you can't see his face. He's in the little spacesuit. The, yeah, yeah. The uh, realm. yeah. There's a, a, a card of him. So I have one of the printing plates from that. But um, I've actually still, I'm still actually working on Infinity War. I'm going back in time and looking for uh, occasional Guardians stuff. Wow. Stuff. So the Infinity stuff, it'll come out on EPAC. Uh, there's so many plates and there's so many autographs and stuff like that that I think I have a little bit of time. It's not on EPAC yet. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm just kind of um, looking at other stuff as well. So is that the set you're most excited about to come out? The Endgame set is impressive, if only for... I mean, they have a pretty good cast. Uh, most of those people have already signed. Uh, Holland, Hemsworth, Brolin, um, Elizabeth Olsen, Jeremy Renner, Haley Atwell, Sebastian wow. Stan. Like, all those guys have already signed for other products. You know, Sebastian Stan's from The Winter Soldier. Yeah, Haley yeah. Atwell was from... Um, you know, a couple of different things as well. And she also signed for the Agent Carter set right. as well. That's right, yeah. So, uh, like, there's the couple new people that are in the endgame specifically, like John Slattery, who plays, like, uh, Tony Stark's dad. Yes. And um, I love him. Uh, Ross Marquand, who played the, the voice of the Red Skull. That's right, yeah. Walking Dead. Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, they're cool i'm not sure i'm gonna buy any of those like i said i i have a finite i have a a safe deposit box where i put everything in um so i have a finite amount of room and like it kind of disciplines me to uh basically you know put does it i often ask myself does it deserve to be in the box you know what i mean does it does it bring the overall cachet of the box up or down Mm -hmm. so then right that helps to make a decision as to uh, as to whether or not I'm going to do it and whatnot. So, here's a little trivia it. thing to tie stuff together because we were talking about Angel earlier on. Uh, no, Buffy. Sorry, and Noren and I are big Angel um, fans. We've talked yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, I love Angel and Buffy. We yeah. love uh, we love Fred. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Amy Acker, I think it is. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. Um, which reminds me, I still need to finish season two of Dollhouse. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I'm I'm big into Firefly as well. I've got a master set of the Inkworks Firefly, so I've got all of those um, in the binder. So satisfying when you get a binder for your set. <laughs> um, and Serenity, I didn't do, but I, I well, I didn't finish. So I think that's one thing I probably will try and do is track down all the rest of that cast autographs because um, um, Shepherd Book um, can't remember the actor's name has passed away now. Um, <laughs> Anyway, um, I digress. Um, trivia tip. Um, so in the, f- uh, pa, 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 I want to say, don't think it is it Avengers. Anyway, the, the, the kind of 
I think it's the first Avengers movie. He's talking to Loki and giving him his, his marching orders and, and that. The guy who played that character kind of out on that space. Yeah, asteroid, that was um, that was Alexis was, Denisov. Yes, who, who played the Watcher. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, uh, Wes, yeah. Wesley. Wesley Wyndham Price. He married. He married Willow. Uh, yeah. Yes, they're yeah. still husband and wife. They are indeed. So there's wow. a li- there's a little tie together with the universes. Yeah. Ah, uh, that's and nice. I'm sure we can tie that into the American Pie, uh, iverse, um, somehow. <laughs> but I'm not sure how we. I'm sure if you get a flow chart, it's like six degrees of. Um, I'll work on it this weekend. Can, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. I'd love um, some is is fascinating. The thing is, there's so many things you can collect, and I'm evidence of where <laughs> that falls down on a limited budget. So I admire that that you've got that focus. I really do. Uh, hats off to you um, on that front. And um, it's a lovely little kind of niche to get into. I guess my my question would be, if anyone kind of because we do have people who listen who are kind of just coming into collecting and they're not sure what they're going to go for is if folk were going to go into the MCU sets and were going to decide to go for the top end the cream on the top what would your advice be someone new coming into that now now that train's already moving uh, kind of like buying a Mantle or DiMaggio is put money away and make your if you if you go to the block forum and go to the vintage section you'll hear about like I only make a purchase two or three times a year but I'm buying this 53 tops Mantle or whatever they, like they're they're whatever their holy grail is yeah. you know I always wanted to get one of the Harrison Ford Indiana Jones cars I never could uh. do it because they were always like five six seven grand I was like I'm not doing that but um I would definitely I like I said do we have rookie cards I, I'm not sure if that'll ever be seen that way like Derek Jeter is a very distinct 93 SP rookie card right. like is the, the downy I guess is one you know Chris Evans in what was it Civil War is his first autograph yeah you know, or do you want to get the single card the single card probably is more desirable than even the duels there's a, a runner there's three duels there's um the one with sebastian stan so it's kind of like the the, the buddies there's an evans with a runner so it's two of the avengers which is kind of cool my youngest and i debate we argue over which one's the better card and then the third <laughs> one is evans and emily van camp who uh, oh Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> so, um, I don't have that one, but we have the R2. But, wow. uh, like, I would probably just do the single autograph. Uh, the Chris Pratt, I think, is great. The Zoe Saldana, if you can find one. Mm. I would not buy the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 ones. They're in mass produced. Plus, she only signed initials. Uh-huh. Um,. In the movie theaters and just online, I'm surprised that Tom Holland, and you can misstep. Uh, I would only say take a look at the Tobey Maguire autographs and the Andrew Garfield mm. autographs. So, like, I have several of both, and I don't think – I mean, they're not really going up, but they're they're kind of staying flat or maybe going down ever so slightly. So this isn't perfect. Mm. Um, but I think the Hollands are decent. I think the I'm not a big fan in the end game of the they they have autograph cards with like little diamonds built into the card. Oh, are they the exquisite yes. ones? 
Yeah, kind of like those. Yeah. yeah. So the ones that are numbered to like 25 and 49 and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't know if that is necessary. Like, that's where I think we're jumping the shark a little bit. Yeah. But um, I, I would just go with, um, you know, those people. And, you know, also, which ones are going to be real i mean chris hemsworth you know uh bad times at the el royale he was in the seal movie he was in red dawn he was in a bunch of other things chris evans and knives out like if you have a guess as to which actor might become i kind of think a lot of these guys are going to be like this generation's brat pack yes yes you know what i mean so like you got your downey and pratt and hemsworth and evans and you know you mm-hmm. could throw scarlet in there if she ever signs a card yeah flow doesn't you know if any of those guys sign game on uh there's plenty of collectors and you guys know this who uh prefer the female characters oh yeah, yeah. so um uh, i think elizabeth olsen her cards are I'm surprised how much they sell for. They're really doing pretty well. Um, Haley Atwell, maybe not so much, but uh, just keep looking. And I think, like I said, if you really think these are going to be international, then that blowout post recently where a guy mentioned the Jay Chow, it certainly wasn't me, but it was an astute observation because when you look at these next Marvel movies, if there are going to be stars that are going to be popular in other areas of the world, then, you know, having a chance to get an autograph card, you may see the demand spike because of other areas, not just us. Yeah. Smart. So, uh, you know, I would just keep an eye on all of that stuff as well. Just kind of like in baseball, you're looking at stats and what team they're on. Are they going to play in the postseason? And, you know, all that sort of just a lot of different factors to look at it. I don't know if I can give a a great answer, but uh, no, that's fine. I think think it's a great answer. I'm pretty open. I think I'm pretty open in where I'm still buying so yeah i'm I'm really excited to see like how uh with channels that disney's putting out there where they're bridging these actors from the cinematic universe into the television universe like wandavision and all these shows oh yeah yeah i feel like if those things have card sets that's something to look into but also the phase five that's coming up right there are so many titles like dr strange is going to introduce like ghost rider or somebody you know what i mean like those will be like first appearances in MCU mm-hmm. cards so I'd be interested to see what those do as well yeah I, I definitely think we definitely would like a, a Betney card as well he doesn't have one yeah. yeah he doesn't have an autograph card there's still a lot of people that they could get that we, mm. we, I would love to see you know what I mean Rudd um, yes and the other rest of the original Avengers um, Betney um, some others so yeah, I, I definitely think it's uh, it's going to become a thing. And the other thing is, and the other question, the last question maybe I would ask is that because of EPAC, there's so many. I'd be curious to hear your guys' opinion real quick on this since you guys are on EPAC, correct? Oh, yeah. You guys know about the achievements, right? So somebody yep. this past week hit the Cumberbatch shadow box autograph. They built a set of Indigos. Oh, I saw that. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, crazy. So that's a great card. I happen to we I have one Doctor Strange, the Vishani vestments, not the prescription script card. That's the other mm. version of the autograph card. But um, 
there's only what like five or ten of these letterbox shadow box cards or whatever i mean it's insanely rare there's so many different wild there's holland autographs there's brolin there's gold number to 15 there's all these yeah. different versions it'll be interesting to see who can keep up with it and who can catalog it and who can come up with a good value and yeah. you know they're so rare are they even gonna have a value that anybody's gonna know you know what i mean like I, yeah. it's, i'd be curious to get your guys opinion like to me i'm almost just would rather stay with the pratt and the downies these other cards are insanely cool yeah. Or like, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody sees it, is it there? Like, how many people even know these cards? Oh, I love that. Uh, like, yeah. A lot I of mean, people. That's brilliant what you said. I really love that idea because EPAC achievements is 100% like that. Um, we've had episodes recently where we've hunted down and you, you've you collected, you've dabbled a little bit on the Fleer Ultra Spider-Man. So you know what that's like, um, where we've gotten like rainbows from them. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, no one knows those cards right they don't they don't really exist all that often right especially the web rainbows right those are so insanely difficult to get you might know the base rainbow but the web rainbow hardly ever comes up and there was always speculation especially when Ian and i first started going for these things people were like ah don't worry about the web it's never going to happen just be good with you know getting the one printing plate and the rest of the cards and then all of a sudden because the product's been out for so long and the original art <laughs> and the original art you know we were able to pick these up so for epac achievements in the future what I'm seeing in terms of how people are going to price them is that they're very much going to factor in the amount of cases they had to buy to the actual achievement. Um, And we've seen a little bit of this when we've had a set that came out recently. I forget the set. Ian knows this. Maybe it's Marvel 80th where you could get the original art as the achievement. Yeah. 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 And that original art, original art comic book pages usually sell anywhere between 15 to 2000. Um, And I think a lot of people, people can't value those pages any higher than that because that's just, they're not specific to the set. It was a nice art. It was a nice achievement thing and so forth, but people can't value that any higher. I think the casual viewer who goes on eBay and all of a sudden sees this card that was an achievement card and they have no idea what EPAC is, yeah. is A, going to be s- s- uh, a, a skeptic on what mm-hmm. this actually is, whether it's authentic or not. Is it a right? real card? That, it's a real card, right? They're going to assume EPAX is just a digital card. Right. Man, we have callers and people we talk to all the time in the group that are like, yep. well, EPAC only does digital, right? Yeah. And a lot of these rainbows, a lot of these pieces are getting picked up. Maybe not for great prices because you have to buy so much product because it's a gamble. You know, it's gambling. <laughs> but they are picking them up. I, I, I think the only way those cards are going to sell for high prices is to the very small audience that knows what they are and are willing to pay them or EPAC actually finally starts catching on. They come up with an app on the phone. It becomes a little more accessible to people. They change their, 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 their layout on the site. It's either going to change with the popularity of the site or the audience is going to be so small on that achievement that the price for that card is going to be very, very, very difficult to gauge. You're not going to have a large audience fighting for that one card. I don't think. Or one of the things that that occurred to me is that, um, especially with EPAC, where they can control how many are out in the wild because they know how many have been broken, is introduce some form of the population stat. Where, okay, there's only 99 of these, uh, 62 of them are in population. Yep. 
so that you know how many are out there and how many are left to go for. I think I they don't have think they'll to ever do that because they want people to still be buying stuff. Hopefully, when products start yeah. selling out, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. You know, because I, that that really does bother me. I think people well, should know, like, Tops does. Yeah, well, Tops you know, Tops releases the print run, but after they've right. sold them all, you know. See, and that's that's my problem with Upper Deck right now. You know, my critique would be that they really should start thinking about once a product sells out, mm. they should put some figures for people so they know what's in market, Absolutely. just to counteract forgeries, counteract sales. You know, try to give people some kind of a gauge because we've made some of these rainbows that require like a hundred cards, physical cards to claim. And it's like, well, then how do I price this one card? And I've seen examples for that. If you go to eBay now and look at what those um, Fleer Ultra Spider-Man rainbows are up there for, the price is ranging pretty significantly. All over the place. It's all over the place. There's not a proper gauge on that whatsoever because people are thinking, well, if I made a red, a web rainbow, which took a hundred cards and this was like a web once per pack, this is a specific character, Mm. right? What do I price that as? Because do, are there five of them out there? Are there 10 of them out there? The product hasn't sold out yet. And then they reset when you claim the cards. So those hundred web cards that I've spent, you know, so long collecting are suddenly back into the market until the product sells out. Like, I'm just not sure where those physical yeah, cards you are could going. have had them exported and shipped to you and had right a so i could have just taken the hundred yeah. and you know been done and does that I mean, mean if that, did someone- that 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 completely bugger up their business <laughs> more, right more that slightly. would mess them all up because they could claim do, those they'd, achievements they'd still earn but 25 like, cents there's not uh, a lot of transparency there and because there's not a lot of yeah. transparency there it makes it very hard for collectors yeah. to accurately gauge this so i think people are going to be getting some really good deals i think some people are going to be sitting on these cards until they get to the price that they feel it should be and that's going to be the discrepancy but yeah, right now as well I don't think there's a straight answer for it, to be honest. I think people are going to gauge them extremely high or be reasonable, and people are going to make out like bandits. I don't know. I'm going to start circling us into land, gents, um, and uh, return your tray tables to the upright position, please. Um, The bar has closed. So um, we did a little poll. Uh, I did two polls on MCCW. Um, So we've got about 1,100 members. Um, and the poll was so the first poll I did MCU sets love them don't care for them dabble a bit or very into the autos stroke higher end of them let us know please and I put these polls in the field as it were after you dropped us a line Brian because I thought I'm just going to see you know what's out there so three options I put on them but because as with Facebook people can add a fourth so first poll uh, 48% said no don't touch them Um, 40% said dabble a bit but prefer art based sets yes really into them was uh, 11% and just 1% said yes but only into the comic related character inserts plus Stanley and other comic artist autos so um, you'll know this Brian Some of the, a lot of these sets have a subset of kind of comic covers or Doctor Strange has one called um, uh, Strange Moments I think um, and Infinity War has one as well which is the covers of the sets and yeah. I actually have started going after those little um, subsets on um, EPAC myself because it's kind of 
what what give me on EPAC, I'll give you all of them. <laughs> oh, bless you, sir. I was going to I was going to ask you actually because you're not um, you you probably sell the sketches you pull. I would have thought. Yeah, I've traded them with a, a couple of the collectors. Yeah, if you ever get a black cat, let me know. Because um, randomly she pops up in MCU sets, which always cracks me up because she's not in the films and she's nothing to do with any of the films. And yet I've got a Captain America card. I've got Thor card. Um, I've got one from Far From Home. I've got two from Far From Home of Black Cat. I've got Black Panther one as well. Mm-hmm. I, I, so don't cool. mind. I don't mind. I love that it. That would be really I, cool if they do I, like a retroactive thing. Sorry, I had to say that randomly. Why did I do that? Go ahead, Ian. I'm that's so quite all right. No, I quite <laughs> like chasing random MCU sketch card. So I like to get at least one from every set with Black Cat on because it's yes. kind of a random thing for me. I, just, I like it. Anyway, so then I, uh, I waited a few days for that for run and then I posted a follow up um, poll. So as a follow-up to the MCU set poll from a few days back, for those who do or have gone into the M set, MCU sets, was it for? So the full set experience was 35% of people. Just the autos, top end especially, was 25%. So that's a quarter. Mm-hmm. The comic art subset, if it has one, uh, was 19% sketch cards wasn't in my so someone added that and 16% mm-hmm. of people have gone for sketch cards um, and uh, two was anything as I love the film so that was just 6% of people um, which I thought was interesting I should um, add that on the first poll Jalen Warner good evening <laughs> Jay you're Jay. a monkey um, added an option what's MCU there's always one. There's always one. <laughs> Let's just have a moment where we just give him a, a quiet, stern stare, which works really well on audio. <laughs> Jay, we love you. Don't ever change. But that just that made me laugh. Um, so I think it's interesting. I think I think for the people who go after Marvel cards, I think that what that tells me is that the MCU sets are the smaller appeal. I think more people who aren't into Marvel cards go for the MCU sets, like yourself for different kind of angles. Um, I'm happy to be there. So which is, yeah, which we'll, is cool. We'll which see. is absolutely cool. Again. The good thing yeah. is, is that people who've gone after MCU cards, I know have then trickled into the art sets and have come into the group. So uh, it's interesting. I would love kind to of see a, a tentpole feeder for Marvel cards. Yeah. I like to see more MCU posts, man. I don't feel like we get enough to be honest. Um, yeah. Just because I am very much on the investment side of cards and I do like graded cards and I do like the longevity of cards. I mean, that's always just been, you know, I love all that speculation stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I foam at the mouth at it. You know, I just find it so fascinating and interesting. Uh, I do. I really love that stuff. I do. I've never um, heard you say that you foam, foam at the, the mouth, mouth man. Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, um, I actually do because I love watching all those kind of videos and seeing people's, you know, where they're seeing the markets going and all that kind of good yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I like to see more posts you know if i if i could talk to the guy who you know also is from japan or china who makes those posts i would you know i've mentioned a couple things to him we've had a few nice exchanges we assume it's a fella even because that's the thing i can't read any of the stuff on his profile because i have to do the race that i don't understand so um which is i have to do the transition uh the translation stuff as well but i think that is a big thing that's missing
missing in the group yeah. um, is is the MCU angle. And, and Brian, I'm going to say this to you, brother. I think you should be the head of that. I think you should uh, kind of bring us into the forefront on this. You're welcome anytime. If you, know, if you, yeah, you know, man. There are people in our group who collect all sorts of different aspects of Marvel cards. Yeah. So, you know, feel free to join them. But it sounds like you're getting hands full with your boys yeah. and uh, <laughs> with your other bits. But you're more than welcome anytime, of course. Yeah, man. Some live breaks. It. I'd love to see that. That'd be sick. Yeah. I would absolutely love to have you. Do you um, do you kind of share your collection in any way? I mean, obviously, we just talked about the group. Do you have an Instagram or do you do anything like that where you kind of show off your, your cards at all? Or do you just keep no, it? No. Actually, it I, don't, I don't want to... <sighs> I'm really not here to brag. I mean, you guys, anybody can think whatever they want. I don't care. But, uh, you know, basically it's just like anybody else, you know, just being really geeked and like you said, go back to the passion and that sort of thing. And it was my little personal, it was my little personal grail. I personally took a a ton of joy out of those movies and still do. I'm probably wrapped up in it a little, maybe even a little more. Um, you know, we've gone to a couple comic cons and we've met Hemsworth and we've met Evans and, um, had my kids have pictures with, uh, Hiddleston and, um, Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan, who are really, really cool. Um, and my youngest whose favorite character is Captain America. We bought a a big metal Captain America shield and it's Uh got a bunch of signatures on it. So, um, it's really been a thing in our house to uh, really be knee deep in it. And the, the cards I just think have great potential. And if you, I am trying to be as Vulcan and I know, I'm, <laughs> yes. I know I'm, I know I'm being a fanboy maybe to a point, but if you look at, you know, the, the print run and the, just the lack of sets and the amount of yeah. cards period, and you yeah. look at the, the global, desire of these cards like i said some of the i would say five of the last seven have not been shipped to the u.s global shipping wow. program erlinger kentucky you know send it via ebay you know like a lot of these things are going to japan and china and hong kong mm, mm, so um i definitely think there's a market and like i said I, you know you've seen the videos where all these people are geeking out in all these different places like yeah. to me it just seems like if history is your guide and you try and guess, you know, which players, you know, Ichiro, you know, his cards did really well for a while because people were buying them in other areas, you know, that sort of thing. Like if history is your guide, like these things have some real potential. I just hope that the card companies don't screw it up by, like you said, with the Carrie Fishers and, uh, you know, printing, um, autographs of you know the Clone Wars and the, the guy that took over for Peter Mayhew now he's got autograph cards as well you know what I mean it's like they're really overproducing the the sticker barrel. sheets all that kind of stuff yeah yeah like they're still cranking these things out in like you know how many how many Ninnum autograph cards how many different sets do you need a card of him you know what I mean like, no it's a lot I wouldn't mind just having one <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. as long as like if there's certain actors that don't like signing I'm like great and you know <laughs> there's some that are signing a little more and you know like we're just gonna collect what we enjoy and let the chips fall where they may and I've actually exactly. been pretty lucky I think I did better doing this than just sticking with 
PSA four and five Mickey Mantle card. You know what? And I'm not trying to slam on those, but no, I you think know, it just didn't work. It didn't work for me. The the boys didn't like it. At the end of the day, it's about them and giving them something that they will have an emotional attachment mm-hmm. to. And mm-hmm. if I can make them a little money along the way, then God bless. No, I Good. feel I I'm, I'm definitely inspired by your story and and how you came about this and very glad you shared it with us man like in all seriousness like again this is all the type of stuff that i love to hear about and i love to hear about these decisions on how these collections build and 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 you know sustain themselves and what you've done with your family and this in your own little card community you have going on there of card breakers you know i i think it's wonderful and i and i mad respect for what you're doing and you know, a little jealous because I'm very, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, man, this is actually a really very smart thing to be so ahead of the curve and to kind of, you know, start seeing kind of the future, right? Very much a trendsetter. And I, and I think, man, I applaud you, man. Very cool. Very cool. Oh, hats off to you. Hey, thank really? you, Brian. Very for coming kind. On. Thank you thank for you. reaching out to us and, uh, you know, just helping us to, you know, include another area that we're not able to talk about. You know, I would say yeah. to anyone listening, if there's stuff you want to hear about, we, 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 <laughs> tell us, you know, um, and chances are, like Brian here, we'll invite you to come on. And if you're up for it, you're up for it. If not, we'll still talk about it. Um, on closing, I would say that um, I have a, a Matt Salinger uh, PSA 9 uh, card here, which I'm sure you'll be very envious of. <laughs> Silence from both of you. Silence from both I'm, of you. I'm, I'm uh, very I don't much actually I have. I don't. I don't actually have that. Is but that is the man who played Captain America in the 1990 movie. No, right. There's that. a deep cut. There's a deep I know cut. who that is. That guy's Matt super Salinger. popular. Also in that film, Ronnie Cox, Ned Beatty, uh, Darren Tom McGavin. Tom. Brilliant. Yeah, where is he now, Matt? Uh, Matt Salinger. He's doing great work. He's doing great know. work. I, I think he's... he's let's have a look. What's designing rockets. Let's have a look. Sure. I, IMDB. Uh, he was born in 1960. What's he in? <laughs> he's not been in anything for quite a while, according to this. Well, he hit the grail. Oh, no. No, he has been in some stuff. None of it I've heard of. Oh, well. Anyway, Matt, thank you very much. Um, and Brian, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, thank you. Brian, do you know how we finish our episodes? No, but I bet you you're going to tell me. Oh, see, we, look at that. Oh, you see, we see, we say, we say, enjoy collecting. So I well, very much love like it if you would, if you would lead us out. Just enjoy so collecting. Enjoy, take collecting. Us out. enjoy collecting. I certainly am. Wow, oh, yes. marvelous! Love Thank it, you man. very much. Perfect. Thanks for listening to the Marvel Card Collectors podcast. You can subscribe via our home on Anchor.fm forward slash MCCP. Leave us a message via that link with questions, comments, or just to say hi, and we may even play on the show. We're also on iTunes, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Our podcast is at the MCC Pod on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find links on our Facebook page to the two groups MCCW, Marvel Card Collectors Worldwide, and MMC, Marvel Masterpieces Collectors. On Instagram, find us at MM Collectors and at Sketch Card Hive. The great music we use is called Rocket Power by Kevin McLeod. Thanks to the collectors, artists, and creators who support the Marvel Cards Fan Collective. We'll see you next time, and remember, it's a small hobby but a fun one. Make mine Marvel, and enjoy collecting.